Olá, bem-vindos ao meu podcast Trilingue, um podcast onde a gente fala inglês, português e várias bostas. Esse é um podcast com uma pegada um pouco diferente. A gente vai falar sobre assuntos corriqueiros, só que em inglês. Sejam muito bem-vindos a mais um episódio do nosso podcast Trilingue. Hoje eu tô aqui para falar de uma coisa mais, mais centrada, mais Estados Unidos, mais América. Hoje a gente vai falar sobre o sonho americano, sobre essa ideia louca de morar nos Estados Unidos, de viver o American Dream, de estar na terra da oportunidade. E aí, será que tem muitas oportunidades mesmo? Será que é muito oportunista? Será que é diferente? E para falar disso, eu trouxe de volta o meu amigo Léo. E aí, como vocês estão? Prontos mais, para mais um podcast? Só vamos. Tô animado, Léo. hein? Porque dessa vez tem bastante coisa para falar. É, então. Léo, que para quem não, não ouviu os outros, o primeiro episódio, ele morou um tempo nos Estados Unidos, né? Como é que foi a sua experiência, Léo? Conta rapidinho pra gente. Ah, ó, eu morei no período de um ano, em, cortando esse tempo aí, seis meses, seis meses. Morei com a minha mãe e foi literalmente para viver esse sonho americano aí, velho. Por isso que eu digo que eu tenho um certo repertório para falar sobre esse assunto. E foi como um adulto, minha mãe né? Tá aqui... É, foi como um adultinho, com 18 anos, sem responsabilidade nenhuma. Não que eu tenha muito com 23, mas com 18 mas é as coisas são bem diferentes ainda. Com certeza. É, eu fui para fazer faculdade mesmo. Fiquei quatro anos entre idas e vindas de férias e tal. Mas fui fazer faculdade em Utah, Salt Lake City. So, let's switch it up and get started. So, you want to start? No, why, why don't you tell us how, how it all started for you? How the wow, American dream crazy. came into your I life? Mean, for those guys who doesn't listen to the first podcast, I have an aunt and she lives in the United States. And she goes to there on a legal way. So, she literally across the Mexico to go to the United States. So, after a while, she get a her green card and things gonna easy but things doesn't really start like this you know so what do you mean i i mean for my family i think they don't have a lot of information so they they simply buy the idea to move to america to america to live the american dream you know so, so they, my, they bought my, that idea to to live yeah. the american dream they were sold on it yeah. Yeah, they, they don't have nothing, like, to keep them right here, you know? They don't have a lot of money. They don't have, like, business thing. So they have they, nothing I, in Brazil. I, yeah. And I think there's there's when the American dream starts because you don't have anything here. You need to switch it up. You need to find a way to make money, to live a good life. And they have a United States. So why don't we go to the United States. So that's a hard thing to do because for me, when I go to there, I was 18 years old and my mom was saying, Leo, you need to stay with me. You need to be the man of the house. You need to have a lot of things, a lot of responsibilities. But if you work hard, you will receive your money. So that's the point. Yeah, that's uh, one thing. That's one thing that, that America really has is if you can work, you, you can actually make money. Like if you have a second job or a, what they call, they, they love calling it a, a side hustle, which is kind of a second job where you can just grind and, and go hard. Yeah, but whenever you're trying to start something new or something different, like 
I'm trying to start a business, but I need money. So my side hustle is, yeah, mm -hmm. th th that is pretty much a second job. You just you can just go work places and actually make money, and you make good money too, because yeah, their true. money is pretty valuable. You can you can afford a lot of stuff. But yeah, keep going, keep telling us your story. And when I go to there, I really felt that you know, if I work hard, I really win a lot of money. I really want a lot of money. That's true. But I feel like I'm slave of the system, you know, like just move to another country to live American dream. And at time, I don't really know what is my dream. I make me keep pushing and try to live it, being happy and make money about things, you know. And that's when my trouble in the United States started to, started to go on. Because I was making money. I was living in another country. I was having a lot of possibilities to do things. But I wasn't feeling happy, you know, because I, I have a lot of stuff here in Brazil. I have my friends. I have family because yeah. my, my, dad, my dad stayed here. And basically, my friends are my closer than me than my parents because we don't have a lot of communication. That's hard for me, but that doesn't matter for now. You're closer and... to your friends than to your family. Yeah, yeah. Got it. That's... And... I was very bad at the time because I really win a lot of money in there. What do you I, mean I, bad? I, would, I mean depressive, I think, because they everybody build the American dream as like, oh, you go to United States, you work hard, you'll save some money, you get a crazy lifestyle, you're gonna switch it up everything in your life. But I think it doesn't ha just happens for those people who doesn't have a lot of information about the war. They just accept everything to the world put on their lives, you know? Yeah, I guess that's a, a big problem that we have in multiple fronts. That, that's a, I think that's a human thing. We have unrealistic expectations about a lot of stuff. And when people sell us something like get rich quick or get rich not doing a lot or go to the U.S. because there you can do it. It's super easy. And if you go there, you'll be rich. A lot of people buy that stuff. They, they really believe in those things. And again, mm -hmm. in my experience, America really breathes that idea that it is possible. You can go there. You can yeah. work. You can actually make money. And maybe you can, you, can, you can build a business around something you love and live a good lifestyle. Are you going to make like a million dollars? No, probably not. You're not going to make a million dollars a year just for working hard and trying to create a business it's not easy it's not simple and not a lot of people do it so i don't know if you know that but the top one percent of america starts making four hundred thousand dollars a year so if you make more than four hundred thousand dollars a year in the u.s you are like roughly in the the bottom part of the top one percent earners in that country which is one of the richest countries in the world. So that puts things into perspective, like $400,000 a year will not get you buying mansions and crazy cars. I yeah, mean, I it's, it's affordable, I mean, you can I mean, do it. it. It happens, you can do it, but you need to send your money here to Brazil. And that's the point. What do you mean? Right. If you're winning dollar, you'll save your money in dollar and translate and move back to Brazil. Then you're going to be rich. But you're going to stop to making 
win money in dollars, you know. I mean, you're going to have a lot of money. You're not going to be probably rich. Yeah, I know. I mean, my mom is still doing this. She's she's United States. She's living there. And she's saying money to here because she needs to pay her debts you know, in Brazil. Yeah. And that's crazy because here she has a two, two. She used to have two shops. And now she's closed both shops and moved to United States to clean houses and win more money than she was here doing here. You know, that's crazy. Yeah, that, she, that is pretty different. I, I think that's the part of American dream. Because you really can get like easy money. Like if you want to build or unbuild houses in there, you're gonna make a lot of money, a lot of money. If you're gonna do this here in Brazil, you're gonna it's like it's just like a poor job, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know how much money a guy who works with this when in Brazil, but in United States it was like something about twenty five dollars per hour working. That's a lot of money. It is. Yeah, but one thing I know about the, the U.S., and I think that's very differently from how people do things here or how just money rolls, is people actually have money to spend there. So when people actually have money to spend, you can actually make money just doing all those jobs that someone wants it done. Like, I remember uh, there was a friend of mine that had a landscaping company. And those get pretty big in there. Landscaping, they I think they do backyards and front yards. They just do all yeah, the exactly. all the grass, all the things that will look pretty and nice in people's houses. They had a company that just does that. And they can actually did, build a company like that. Landscaping there. What's that? I actually did two days on landscaping I can say. Yeah. A lot of money. Yeah. $16 per hour. Yeah, that moves a lot of money. And for you to see, there's someone who owns that business that just organizes all the things and financed it. I, I had like two friends with successful business in in college. I remember my first, my first job I got there, I was working for one of my fraternity brothers that had a company doing wedding pictures and DJing. He kind of DJed for a couple of parties that he couldn't find someone to play. And he had a photo booth. So I remember my first job was I went to him uh, at a wedding, at a wedding. He was doing all those services. He stayed as a DJ for the wedding and had we both assembled the photo booth. And I had I, I took care of the photo booth for the duration that we were there, which was pretty cool. Like those photo booths where people enter and then you close it. And take a bunch of pictures and then just print it out. It was super simple, the system he had. But it was like he needed a printer, something for people to enter and take pictures. And that's it. Yeah. And those things are like nice super one. accessible. And people just hire because there's a lot of people throwing weddings in there. And maybe they're not yeah. going super crazy. I think the barrier towards creating a business is just lower. And the demand for it is probably higher higher so that yeah, i felt the same way here. yeah that is the thing that i think that makes things easier in america or more achievable but it's definitely not easy and, and the dream that you can go there and just make bank for everyone who doesn't know make bank is like get super rich is yeah I it's, know. it's unrealistic you... expectations yeah, how do you think the American dream started here in Brazil? In Brazil, because I have experience with my family because I have my aunt who moved to there, lived illegal for a for a, for a time, and 
after a while she is married now she's American citizen but how do you think like we create the American dream in our lifestyle like in your your parents saying some steps for you how did you you move to United States thinking well I have American dream to make a college in United States and get good stuff work hard or you don't don't really re realize that thing or think about it okay so those are two different questions you asked how you think it started in Brazil or it started for me in here both you can answer both okay how it started in Brazil I think it's again the, the those things of the expectations they just saw someone who went to the US and made uh, good money or sometimes someone who just went there and got rich because those are the things that are on the media sometimes like a Brazilian went to the US had a successful company and now he's a millionaire there's a lot of people also in the internet right now trying to sell the, that dream but I think that's the main thing that carries people over it's seeing someone who did it and thinking everyone can do it but yeah those unrealistic expectations and people when you see someone just getting rich from it a lot of people try to just just jump on that wagon and not miss out on it but for me i don't know how it started for me i think i had that admiration and you see like steve jobs and the entrepreneurs the big things that they do in america and how everything is sold to you as the land of opportunity and it's super possible I remember the first encounter I had was in, in high school where people came to the high school and said it was a company that helped people go to college in, in the U.S. They handle all the documents, mm -hmm. the, the tests, they organize everything. So they just went to the, to the school and gave a lecture on how it is possible to go to the U.S. to, to attend college. And I was very sold on the idea because I could go and study multiple things. I could just pick whatever I wanted. I didn't even had to choose a major. The major is o curso que você vai escolher é o seu major nos Estados Unidos. But I didn't even have to pick a major to get into college. I could just go there and say, I don't know, and get accepted and just figure it out, take like a bunch of classes. And that idea really resonated with me that I could mm -hmm. have. I think it, I think it happens with job in the United States too, because the way to work there is very different than here in Brazil. Like you can have multiple jobs. You can a lot of, you win money for multiple places working the same week. You make your, you, your own schedule, you know? Oh yeah. And I think that's that idea because in Brazil it's very different. I feel very bad to thinking in me working here in Brazil because I really, really felt like if I want to work here with like, como eu falo, carteira assinada? I don't know. If I, if I going to work here with a stable job, I, I felt like I'm going to be a slave for the system. Like I will be in the same place for the same time, number of hours doing the same thing. It's boring. You don't feel like alive. Most people just accept that because they need this to live. And I don't, for my, in my opinion, I don't think that's a great idea. It's not a great idea at all. I think, I think that's a, a matter of... of goals. Like if you're working there to yeah. survive, it's one thing. If you're working there to make extra money so you can quit and do something else, that's a bit harder to do it in here because the pay is so low and things are so expensive. And I think that's the thing that's mm -hmm. different. And there you can set yourself up by working those jobs that are 
non-career based jobs you can just pick up a lot of stuff make some good money and i don't know create a company about pokemon or anything you actually like that is the the possibilities and in that term america is really the the land of opportunity and possibility because you really can do stuff there is a lot of free money in there no matter how words they sound you can do things in america i felt that you yeah things are very achievable Same. one thing you say in the um, beginning of this podcast i was realizing now is they have a lot of money to spend and i'm pretty sure that's why things are possible in there if you want to like sell pokemon cards like we used to watch a few people in youtube doing this doing this you can like spend buy a card from Pokemon for $100,000. Yeah. One card. Yeah. If you say that for somebody here in Brazil, they're going to say, Jesus Christ, you're crazy. Yeah, they can. You can buy a, such a nice house, do a lot of things in your life, but spending on one Pokemon card? Yeah, I mean... They have public for these things in there. Yeah, not only they have public, but they have the, the one thing that is very important, which is liquidity for everything. You can liquidate any asset that you actually have. You can take a Pokemon card that costs the price of a Ferrari and there are a lot of people willing to buy it because there is a lot of money mm -hmm. concentrated in that country. So you can actually do yeah, the, the, that type of stuff. And in here, we don't have that much liquidity. There is not a lot of people willing to pay a lot of money for some really niche stuff like Pokemon cards. That's where, where they, lie, they lie the difference on where which type of, of business you can actually create. On a country that's that big with that much money, you can really explore all the different things that, are, that people are trying to do. And creating business is super incentivized. Like, I went, so I, I liked the idea of going to college to choose my major, but I actually had to choose it before I went. So I chose biomedical engineering. Which was like, I had no really? idea what it was. I kind of had... You did the college first, and after that, you chose your major? No, I chose it before I went to college. Yeah, the thing that attracted oh. me to the U.S. was not having to choose your major, but I ended up choosing my major before I actually went. Which was, oh, maybe not so good, because it was a very time-demanding major. So I couldn't, like, explore myself in other classes. But I did a little bit with entrepreneurship because in my very first year, we had a biomedical engineering class that was careers in biomedical engineering. And people just came in and talked about whatever they did. And one of the, the one man that went there, he talked about the Lassonde Institute, which is an institute in the University of Utah that promoted entrepreneurship in the university. And that was super cool to me. It was like my first semester. I saw that that guy talking about how you can create a business and the university will help you. And I was like, oh my God, this is why I came here. This is the reason why I am here. So I remember mm -hmm. looking it up and I saw they had a program that was an accelerator for ideas. So you had one idea and they helped you get that idea all the way to a business or fail fast which is something that they, they love. Fail fast and fail cheap. Don't spend a lot of money. Mm -hmm. uh, in my last year in high school, I did United States. You did and what? Did in United States. Oh. 
And man, the opportunities they give to you and to do sports in there, to play esports, that is computer gaming, PS4 gaming, whatever. It's amazing. We don't have that kind of things here. Oh. I stood on the best school in my city, and they don't promote us. They don't incentive us to make money to open a business or things like that. That's great. Yeah, it is. That's really, really It great. is pretty cool because they have a lot of money in the system. I don't know. It's just mm -hmm. so achievable. That program, beyond that program, I remember I was a part of that program, which was really funny because it was my first semester. They had a... Uh, a small competition where you, you just send your pitch, which is you trying to, to promote your idea, tell them your idea. And they chose a few people and they form a cohort, which is a group of people that just went to meetings and they helped to get that idea into a business. So I got into that on my first semester. And from what I remember, it was, it was funny because I was the only undergraduate in that, in that cohort. I was 18 years old and all the people were like 22, 23, already done with, already graduated college, going to post-grad or just working around the area. And it was super, it was a great experience. I really got the basics of validating your idea or thinking about every, all the structures that you, you got to have before you can actually launch a business or mm -hmm. think about investing or getting people on board i did that for a while it didn't work i got a, a friend to try to program for me but like programmers cost a lot of money and they still do and uh, i had none but they had one thing that was pretty cool that they call it was a university program called get seated where people just went there with their business ideas they had a really simple pitch as to what their business idea was, which stage they were on, what they, uh, what, what they were, the question they were trying to answer and how much money they needed mm -hmm. to answer that question and how that, that answer would help them promote or get their business accelerated or Can I ask you something? evolved. Yeah. You are trying to develop an uh, app here in Brazil yeah. uh, to sell things here. Do you think if you go to college and try to sell this idea to your college, they're going to buy for you? They don't Because buy it. Th that's that's the thing they do. They have, they have free money pretty much on that get seated. There are people that seed you for like part of your business or something like that. But that, those events in, at the university were free money. You can get like, I think up to five or three grand, $3,000. And There, you just had to report back on everything you did with the money, but there, there was not, no, no strings attached. The university held nothing of your business. No one seeding your business got anything of it. It was just literally they just free money. Yeah, they just gave money to see what came out. That, yeah, this can show basically how American dreams work. How is possible? Yeah, there's structures. Because here ridiculous. in Brazil, I know you're struggling to make money because it's a lot of money to develop that. And right there, you possibly you kind of have a possibility to find this money if they think that the idea you're doing. Pretty yeah, there, there's money on the system. That's great. Everywhere, but yeah. like this really small money, they they even have that for free. And there is just ridiculous. You can get it over here, but it's not at the same level. You know, they're so far ahead. Mm-hmm.
it's way harder to think. Uh-huh. But it it was lovely. It was a lovely experience to get to know those things, nice. to get to go to those meetings, listen to some people talk. There there was even a company that's called Skull Candy. They sell like headphones, earphones. Uh, I don't know what else they sell. But if you went already to the US, you you probably seen it. The the CEO from from that company knew someone from the the foundry which was the pro, the ideas accelerator program was called and they just invited him to the university because he lived pretty close by and he had like a massive company it was pretty cool you just get in touch with those people the networking was pretty amazing and all, all those events promoted are pretty pretty cool especially in they're definitely happening in a lot of different places but yeah it was a great opportunity Yeah. I, I want to say about uh, a few things about me personally. Yeah, go ahead. You know, I, I love Call of Duty. I love this is what I want to do for my life. And unfortunately, I'm not going to United States again. Yeah. Things going wrong. I don't want to talk about it. But here, as an example, I'm playing for eight years. I don't even see a competitive game or money being spent in this game, you know. Because it, we don't have visibility. We don't have people to buy the idea. We don't have people to watch the stream. But if you, we go to United States, they have a tournament who is giving, giving away for the championship $100,000, million. Yeah, but they're like, pretty smart about it. Yeah, but it's how things work. Like, in my opinion, if like, I want to do this. Here in Brazil, I know I don't have market to this. I don't have space to this. I need to find my own space and create my own space. If I go there, I'm probably going to achieve this more easily, you know? Yeah, I mean, they have a bigger audience. Um, a lot more people have access to internet, probably, or high-speed internet, and they're hooked, and a lot more people can buy, can actually buy and play the game. So everyone who 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 just gets ahead on it uh, is just better yeah, than everybody else you get views views about... is attention and attention translates to money to brands and brands are starting to to notice that and they're just putting money into it because money comes back yeah, yeah there are people sponsoring like you, you nissan is sponsoring kids doing streams on twitch <laughs> it's big brands just already <laughs> on it they promote championships oh, they have the the call call of duty league now which is kind of like the N the the NFL. People actually own those teams. Like multi-billionaires just bought the licenses for those teams and they compete and they trade that attention. And it's how big is it going to get? Nobody knows, but they're really betting on it because they know that video games is where attention is. And they have money to spend in those things. I don't know. I think the audience aligned to the companies realizing that that brand strategy and that marketing strategy is really smart because instead of putting those between between the the episodes on a TV where everybody just picks up their phone they can just pull pull up on, on stream where everybody's on their phone watching it already so attention is pretty much a commodity that people trade especially companies and they're migrating to wherever attention is and in there The attention is big on video games. But yeah, it is possible. It's possible not only because of that, but because you, you can buy the stuff 
pretty easily. Mm-hmm. I was saying, I was about to say that here in Brazil, if you want to play with a PS5, you need to spend four thousand dollars, four thousand Brazilian cash. And if you go to United States, you know how much? Like four hundred. Yeah, it's four hundred dollars. Right? Even if we translate, it's gonna be lower than here. So it's crazy. Everybody, everyone can achieve that. Everyone can. Oh buy yeah, it. you can it's definitely fine. just here. Only on the. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> here, like, only those guys who really have like a little money saved can buy it, and it's gonna be very expensive and very hard to achieve. If if you wanna be a professional player, whatever game you're playing, let's use let's use League of Legends example. If you wanna be a pro player in League of Legends, you need to have a very, very fast computer. And that is a lot of money. And that doesn't matter because every computer that you buy in there is going to be a fast one and not going to be that expensive. That makes things way easier talking about this. Yeah, thing. I mean, if a, high school, Brazil, if a high school kid in there just wants to buy a PS5, he can just work or moan the law or do mm -hmm. anything and you can build up 400 bucks pretty easily because anything people In will pay two weeks probably yeah, people will pay them him 10 20 50 dollars for a task and he can just build up from that and get to 400 dollars mm -hmm. and actually buy a ps5 it's much more achievable for everyone it's much more accessible mm -hmm. and actually if you want he if you want to work there and be like okay i'm working on my side hustle while i stream video games You can just work a, a regular job, make some money, live with five different people, and just play all the entire time where, where you're not when you're not actually working. You can do both. And here I feel like it's way harder for you to actually make some money to of live course. by yourself and to to have a life that where you can play video games you while you're not working. Yeah, and a stable job just takes a lot more time. So yeah, yeah. I, I, for me, it's impossible for somebody who doesn't have money find a job here if they are in high school and buy a PS5. I think it's impossible. Yeah, people don't actually do that. It's really, really impossible. There's no way you're gonna get a part-time job Because, while in high school. Yeah, uh, there's no way you're gonna have a part-time unless you your father are business owner. Yeah, that's how things work. In Brazil, pretty much, unfortunately. Yeah, so the land of opportunity is pretty real. I mean, don't get unrealistic expectations thinking you're going to be a millionaire in six months by just working a little no, bit because no, that's not going to happen. But you can you can build up to, towards something really nice. You can definitely do it. You're going to work very, very hard. But you can do it. I, I believe that. Yeah, it's it's totally doable. You just need to get folks at like... I mean, how is how's your mom about... doing? She She went there and she's working hard. Yeah, she's working very, very hard for now, but she's making a lot of money, like more money than she was doing here. Yeah, cleaning house—that's crazy. Yeah, like every house she cleans, probably gonna be two hundred, five hundred dollars per house. If she le if she clean like four, five houses in a day, it's a lot of cleans money. Five houses in a day. How many houses does she? Clean yeah, I don't know day? if she's doing this. Uh, I think two or three. That's that's who? that's the possible. I yeah, because that's she's rough. she's older. Like it's, it's hard. It's a tough job. She doesn't have like the the capability, the strongest that she need to work more house. But I'm pretty sure if she she had that, she probably will work. 
She had a part time too. That's crazy. She she had like yeah, she was, she's clean housing and two or three days and she's yeah, I know. My mom is such a strange woman. Such a strange woman. She's hustling. And yeah, I know. That's crazy, right? My aunt, as example, she worked in two restaurants and she's still still having her schedule of cleaning houses. Yeah. Just making money on the side. Mm -hmm. No, that money you can just put up towards anything you If you like. can use your body, you can make money. That's how things work in life. Yeah, you can pretty much If make money. When a work, you can do. Yeah, you can make good money out of simple tasks. Like I don't, I don't know how much I made working for that guy, but it was like eighty dollars, I guess, for a couple hours on a Saturday. And eighty dollars can buy quite a mm. bit of stuff for working I start, four or five I start. hours on a Saturday. Yeah, it's a lot of money. I, I worked for my uncle one day. Of course, I worked for like 13 hours and less. In his restaurant? Or more. I, I don't know. Yeah. And I won almost $200 for one day. One Saturday. Yeah. Okay. That's the worst day on the restaurant. The, the, the Mother's Day. But think about it. I worked one day and I almost buy a PS5. That's yeah. crazy. That's insane. Yeah. Actually, people loved working. All my friends that worked in restaurants. They actually loved working on those very move the, the days that had a lot of movement. Sometimes they were waiters and waitresses, and they just could collect a lot of tips, or mm -hmm. just because the oh, I, I didn't do that. I was so bad. My English was terrible. Mm, time. I bet. I really want to do it. Some people make bank from that. I was just working on kitchen, clean stuff. But still, you make extra extra hours for working on the. Saturday. I know when I when I work on McDonald's in there. Yeah. Uh, I start I start winning eleven dollars per hour I think and I left there winning sixteen or seventeen I don't remember yeah and bit in in, in space of just five months I almost I I was almost winning five more pounds per hour you know it's crazy yeah it is you can you can grow up fast in your job I started in, just working the kitchen six months later six I. Five more. I don't remember yet how much time, but I live there being a kitchen manager, yeah. winning more money. Yeah, there's a lot of That's incentives great. for everything. I had to do research in my in my major to get my degree because I needed to present a final, a final presentation, a final paper, and I had to to be working on research for a couple a couple of semesters. And while I was working on research, there were labs that didn't pay you. There were labs that actually had money to pay you. And there were labs that didn't. And you had to work for free. There was a program in the, I think, I don't know if it was a state program, but I think it was, where they just paid students to actually do research. And I had to do it. It was an obligation. I, I think I got $1,100 for two semesters, <laughs> for each semester. <laughs> I got $1,100 okay. for something uh, I had to do. I'm probably going to love. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was like, okay, they, I just had to apply and tell how many hours I spent on the lab. And they had a cap on how much I could I could get. Uh, they had a limit to how much I could get each week, I guess. But they paid me every two weeks and up to the limit of $1,100 a semester. So it was super chill because I already had to do that. And I could pick up more stuff besides going to college. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's totally possible to actually make money. And you, you can actually make money on a lot more stuff. 
I don't know. Have you tried doing something else other than working? Have you tried doing other side hustles to to collect money, like garage selling? Have you ever? I didn't. Have you ever done garage no, selling? No, no, I didn't. You didn't. God, no. garage selling is something I always wanted to do. I did for a little bit. I, I went to a couple just to find stuff when I first got there, but I didn't do it because I didn't have a car. But like selling stuff in the U.S. is pretty fucking amazing. I loved selling stuff. I got to the. They don't search the price of the stuff, right? They just buy because they have money. To I mean, spend. a lot of people have money to spend, and sometimes they really search the the price. But if you can really find great deals, and and snatch them for a very low price, and then resell them for a price that is actually good, and people will actually want to buy, you can just make money. Mm -hmm. I buy I buy a iPhone seven there for a hundred dollars. And almost sell for 150. Yeah, I don't know why. Yeah, that's sell. the type of shit you can actually do in there, which is pretty funny. Uh, I started that with Gary V, which is someone I really admired throughout college. And he was like, I already had those entrepreneurial tendencies since my first semester. And he was like, if you want to test, if you like entrepreneurship, try selling stuff. And that got to my head. I was like, try selling stuff. I'll try. My dad had given me some money. I was looking into like forex trading and all those things, but it was super non-specific for me. It was just looking at graphs and figuring out if it would go up or down. And I'm like, this is completely arbitrary. I have no idea. So I took that money and did not put it in there and started buying stuff. So it was just scamming through eBay all the time. And you can really learn if you're scamming through eBay all the time. Because I remember I had like homework or just work stuff that I had to actually do. And I just stopped to keep looking at eBay. I got super addicted to it. Have you ever <laughs> like just traveled through eBay and saw all the auctions and bought stuff? No. So they no. have a lot of... Yeah. I need to... Do things yeah, like they that. have normal ads or or listings where you just you can just go there and buy something for the price that is in there or they have auctions where people bid on it can lay loan as this was mandou lenses and it's timed so it will end at a certain hour at a certain day so you can just keep looking for stuff I remember the first auction i actually won was for an Apple Watch, which I paid a little bit less than $100 on it, a first-generation one. And it, it, it was intense learning the auctions because you bid on it and someone is going to bid higher than you. And then your, mm -hmm. your bid is no, no longer the, the one that's going to get the product. So what happens is on the last few seconds, people go crazy bidding on it. So... Whatever the price is, they tell yeah, whatever the price is, know that if there's still like a day or two, that is definitely going to go up and that price is not good. So you have to find all the auctions that few people bid on it. With the, le the least number of people that bid on it is the bigger the chance you have that a lot of people are going to bid on it by the end and the price is going to skyrocket. So you just have to keep mm. looking at it and in the last five seconds... You have to massively overbid everyone so you can win 
It's kind of looks shot. Yeah, you right? have to go the long shot because, because if you have yeah. like, I think the Apple Watch was like eighty dollars. Five seconds. Yeah. <laughs> it was eighty dollars, and then in the last five seconds, I just bid like a hundred and five on it, just so massively overbid because people just go like one, two, three, five dollars. I don't remember the the exact amount, but it was super cool because I got that Apple Watch. I wore it for a while, and at a later date, I sold for like one fifty on eBay. Oh, not not even on eBay. I sold it on Facebook. Facebook is a gold mine because you do not pay anything to sell it there. Mm-hmm. I buy my iPhone that I told you before. You know, yeah, Facebook. it's super great. Isn't Some it? Brazilian girl was selling there. I and I was. That's my yeah. chart. I want this yeah. phone, and I get it. Yeah, I bought I bought an iPhone seven through Facebook. It's super sketchy because you're meeting someone and you don't know if they're real, they're not, they're going to rob you, they're going to mm-hmm. murder you. So it's kind of sketchy selling and buying on Facebook, but I never had a bad experience with it. People just came to my house, bought phones, watches. I used to buy, so if any of you hearing live in the US, go on eBay and search for VIP outlet. Those guys have ridiculous deals on refurbished electronics refurbished is whenever someone take a used electronic and make sure everything is working and in place and just sell so it's it's good condition electronics but they were used they're not new i used to buy so much stuff from there i bought like beats studios beats solos all the the beats headphones your yeah you can definitely sell all those things all the refurbished items i just bought them on ebay and sold them Actually, on eBay or on Facebook, and I actually made money out of it. And sneakers. Did you go into the sneaker culture in the U.S.? Mm-hmm. Dude, yes, they have I, some. Yeah. I did. Whoa. What did you buy? Nice shoes. Uh, you just bought Air nice Force. shoes. Yeah, Air I Force. Buy Air Force. Yeah, dude. The same, the same I, as the one, but you buy the, the special one. I buy the regular one. You know. Oh, dude, dude, I made. Oh, that was that is one thing I regret selling is that shoe. So I was just I, I just heard that sneakers, you could just buy sneakers and they really, really went up in value. And you could just How resell them spend? on. Oh, I'm going to tell you, you oh, can just sorry. resell <laughs> them on on StockX, which is a website where they they do sneakers like they do stocks. So you list a sneaker. And you have your ask price. Like, I want $500 for this sneaker. And there is a list of all the people on your shoe and the exact uh, on different sizes asking for certain prices for the sneaker they have. And there's a lot of people on the other side having buy offers for a certain price. Like, the person wants to buy it for $300 and he leaves the offer there. If I want to sell right now, I can accept that $300 offer and he's going to pay. Or if the dude wants to buy it right now, he can buy it for $400 for me. So the best offers in buy and in sell are just listed like that as in best offers on each side. So that's how StockX works. And you can just Mm -hmm. resell shoes in there. And resell is really big in the US. So I learned that and I knew there was a, a drop coming. I didn't know what it was from, but it was a drop from Nike. It was going to be in the Nike sneakers app. That was the only way you could get it. To I buy, think, yeah. Yeah, to buy it. I don't think there were any stores in my in my city that actually sold them. So I could camp out and buy the sneakers. I had to use the app. 
And I had no idea what the drop was going to be about. I didn't understand that, but I knew it was going to be limited and probably it was going to go up in price. So I remember I had a lab that day that I had to go. But each hour of the day in the morning, they were going to release one sneaker and you had to just log in as fast as you can and try to buy it. And they just like sold out in seconds. It was ridiculous. And sometimes you got it. Most of the times you didn't. So I went in there and for the first five or six drops, I could not get it. I remember the last drop was an Air Jordan, that uh, an Air Jordan one, I guess. And I knew that one was going to go up in value. But the only one that I could get on that day was an Air Force One Low. Do you know what drop that was? No. Which collection that was? From Type Scott, I think. I don't know. I'm wrong. I don't the know what? about sneakers. From Travis Scott sneakers? I don't know. No, no. Travis Scott had a drop. I had, I bought the Air Force One Low from the first drop that the, you know, the, the shoes with the tags? All the shoes with the tags now, right now? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know, I know, I know, I know. For, from Virgil Abloh. Oh, I got the first Air Force One Off-White, which is his brand. Dude, I sold, I bought for $170 and sold it like, Two weeks later for almost 500. Jesus Christ. Yeah, I thought it was a great deal. I'm like, dude, this <laughs> really went up in value. But as you know, right now, those those sneakers with the tags that people don't can't cut it, the, the off-white shoes, they went crazy up in value. I'm going to check it how much an Air Force One low actually costs right now because the last time I looked, dude, it was massively expensive. They have like multiple colors now. I have the I had the original white one. I don't know if that's the most valuable. Oh my god, that's sad. <laughs> I'm kind of depressed right now. Two thousand dollars. Oh my god. I had a size nine. Do you know what's the so they have the asks and the bids for the people asking and for, mm-hmm, for mm-hmm. people buying? For the size of shoe. Uh-huh. Yeah, the lowest ask, which is someone who has the shoe, is $2,595. Okay. For that shoe. Translate that for Brazilian money. Dude, that's more than 10 grand. Mm-hmm. That is absurd. The highest bid, which is someone already willing to pay, and like, if I, wanna, if I have a shoe, I could sell it right now for this dude, is $2,013. Dude, I fucked up selling that shoe. I did not know it was gonna go up in value like that much. But see, those I are mean, the things. Still being a good job. I still you did a good job. It's good yeah, trade, it was great. It was like three hundred percent, two hundred and something percent on like two weeks. It was amazing. But yeah, that's kind of sad. I wish I held on to those. Those were those were valuable. But yeah, you can actually. I loved doing that and buying and selling stuff. Actually, Gary V in 2017, he did a, a flip challenge where he invited people to actually sell their stuff or flip things or buy things online or in garage sales and, and that are really cheap and try to sell them online on Facebook, on eBay. And while it's something that is much harder to do in Brazil, especially with electronics, because there's not the same amount of people wanting to buy those things, 
because I remember all the Beats headphones I sold there, they went like, they came in a day and like four days later, they were already gone. I already had the money back from them and I just could buy more. But in here, they're really hard to sell because they are very expensive and not a lot of people have that money or are willing to spend that money. Because in there, I bought it for 50 bucks, a very good pair of earphones, sold them for 70. I made $20 profit in a couple of days without moving my ass and just buying stuff online on each piece. <laughs> I, could, I could make 20 bucks. And in here, it's much harder to sell. But I think there is space for you, maybe not to flip that much, but to sell stupid stuff that you have lying around your house. So going back to that 2017, Gary V had the flip challenge where he challenged people to end the 2017 year with $20,170 by selling stuff that they had in their house and either collecting their money to to promote their business and to build their brand or business or to just flip Mm -hmm. and then buy something they wanted. And that's something I've, I've learned how to do after going through that experience in the US. I just grabbed, I remember I wanted headphones for my PS4 I just sold a bunch of stupid stuff I had lying around. I sold old DVD sets. I sold mm-hmm. I sold fake DVD. I sold a bag of fake DVDs and CDs for like ten bucks. It was a bag. There was just piling up in here in the corner. I sold it for ten bucks for someone. And just just those small things add up where you can buy things pretty much for free with things you have in your house and don't use it. I'm and, gonna do this after records podcast. I wanna. Check everything in my house. <laughs> Dude, just grab stuff and sell. But on that note, we're going to bring you to today's sponsor. And who is that? Dun, 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 dun. Oh, nosso Pode patrocinador falar. de hoje? Maravilhoso? Quem é? Eu mesmo, lógico. Então, <laughs> eu tenho um Instagram que eu criei que chama Bazar do Euroville. Procurem aí para vocês darem uma olhada. E lá nós vendemos coisas usadas. E se você quiser, a gente vende as suas também. Porque é um saco vender coisas. É um saco você pegar e tirar foto e ter que negociar e levar para uma pessoa que você não conhece. Então nós, muito bondosos e por uma taxa, faremos isso por você. Uma simples taxa de 15% em cima do seu produto inutilizado aí, você manda para a gente e a gente vende ele para você. Onde você quiser. Sem o menor esforço. Que é maravilhoso. Então se vocês quiserem, entrem no Bazar do Eurovir e mandem uma DM para a gente. Qual que é o Instagram? Você sabe já de cabeça? Our Instagram is at, para quem não sabe, arroba é at, Bazar do Euroville. Com dois L's no Euroville. So, yeah, just to close up all the things, definitely America is the land of opportunity if you want to actually sell stuff and not have the crazy idea that you're going to get super rich doing a little bit. You can definitely go and, and do stuff. But, yeah. For that's all for today, folks. Hope you liked it. Hope that maybe if you're in the US, definitely get into your side hustle, make money, and move on to doing something differently. If you're in Brazil, just like me, let's try and do that stuff too. Maybe you can do it by selling stuff in your house that you don't actually need. Great talking to you all, you guys. Hope to see you in the next one. Bye. Bye, guys.